Good morning, church. Robert, I don't know how they got that picture of you receiving that wave. That was awesome. That, Steph took it. Awesome. <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. Just want to officially welcome you again to All Peoples. My name's Kendall, one of the pastors here. And man, come Holy Spirit. Has there ever been a better series title? I don't know. I'm excited for all that God's going to do in this season. Are you excited this morning? Yes. Well, um, you know, this last week, uh, in my own life, I've been trying to do some practical things to respond to all that God was doing at World Mandate West, as I'm sure you have been as well. I know many of us have been trying to be more active in prayer or sharing our faith or these different things. So I have a little story to start off that I thought I might inspire you with today. It's about a barber that thought he would start sharing his faith with his customers. So here it goes. There was a barber that thought he should share his faith with his customers more than he had been doing lately. He was inspired. So the next morning when the sun got up and the barber got out of bed, he said, just today I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to talk about Jesus with the first customer that comes through the door. So he was getting bold, this barber. Soon after he opened his shop, the first man came in and said, uh, Mr. Barber, I would like a shave, please. And so the barber said, sure, just sit in the seat and I'll be with you in a moment. So the barber, you know, he runs back into his little barber office. And in the back there, he says, God, the first customer came in. He starts to pray and I'm going to witness to him. I'm going to share my faith with him. So give me the wisdom to know just the right thing to say. In Jesus' name, amen. And then quickly, the barber comes out with his razor knife in one hand and his Bible in another and says, good morning, sir. Are you prepared to meet your maker? <laughs> you know, that guy may have actually come to the Lord. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things I could say to start this series on the Holy Spirit, but that joke just seemed like a good one. So welcome to church. We like to have fun here, but seriously, I don't know about maybe your background in church or if you were raised in a religious environment at all, but a lot of us today are very uninformed. We are very ignorant when it comes to this topic of the Holy Spirit that we see in the Bible. You know, uh, you may have never heard a sermon on the Holy Spirit before. Maybe you've heard some different things that are out there. There were some people in the Bible that were actually in a very similar situation. In a town called Ephesus, which is where we get the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, Paul was traveling on some of his missionary journeys. Paul, the great apostle, there in the Bible. And when he reached Ephesus, it says in Acts 19, he said he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. It says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed in verse 2? And they replied, no, we haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Maybe you've been in this situation before where you've started to hear about this thing the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, this person of the Holy Spirit, and you thought, I don't know much about that. I mean, I, I want to follow Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, that's, that's new to me. And then Paul said, John's baptism called for a repentance from sin. But John, and speaking of John the Baptist here, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's a good day. And then Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There are about 12 men in all. Wow, sensational story. Here we are. Come Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of us may be in this category today. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's something that's new or or unique, much like these guys in the scripture. You know, most Christians today, as they do surveys, they view the Holy Spirit as more of a symbol or something like the force that you see in Star Wars. But that's actually not the case, and we're going to be unpacking a little bit of who the Holy Spirit is today. And, uh, you know, every Christian that I've ever met 
that really desired to follow Jesus and understand the Bible, somehow the Holy Spirit was working in their lives. And so what I believe is the Holy Spirit's going to be working in your life today as we gather. Amen? Great. So let's just start with a few thoughts, and I just want to pray as we begin, as we talk about who the Holy Spirit, this is just a little preamble to our series here, Come Holy Spirit. Why don't you bow your head and pray with me? God, we thank you for the awesome privilege of being able to walk with you, and even as it says in the scriptures, and as Robert so well put, the church is not a building, the church is people, and the Bible says our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. God, you don't dwell in a temple made by human hands anymore. You dwell in us. And so we just invite you to come into this place and fill and renew and restore us this morning as we focus on your spirit and your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit's not a mystical force or symbol. Those familiar with church history might know the person of St. Augustine, a famous theologian in the early church. He was kind of coined this phrase. Um, He said this, the Holy Spirit is God equal with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is God equal with the Father and the Son. All throughout the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is God. At the beginning of the Bible, perhaps one of my most famous story, my most favorite stories, my most famous story, it's not my story, it's God's story. Um, it's a good story, though. At the beginning of the Bible, the first act of creation, Genesis chapter 1, it says the Spirit was hovering over the waters. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Before time, the Holy Spirit was there. He was brooding over the earth, just thinking about all that the Father might create. And, you know, at the end of the Bible, if you turn to the last page of your Bible in Revelation chapter 22, the Holy Spirit is mentioned there as well. It says in Revelation chapter 22, the Spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. So at the end of time, there's the Holy Spirit working in the church, calling for the return of Jesus, that we all might live with him in eternity forever. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit has a personhood. He is not an it. I know we got some Star Wars fans in here, but he's not the force. He's not like Casper the friendly spirit or something like that. The Holy Spirit, every time Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, he used a personal pronoun. He said, he will come. The Holy Spirit has a personhood. The Holy Spirit's not a mystical force, not a supernatural fog that makes our meetings better at church. He has personal qualities. You know, the Bible talks about the joy of the Holy Spirit. It talks about how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. It talks about how the Holy Spirit can be invited. The Holy Spirit has a, has a personhood as part of the Trinity, and he is the one that lives inside of us when we choose to follow Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. Has anyone ever found this out before? <laughs> to study the Holy Spirit a little bit in the Bible or pursue the Holy Spirit in your life, you will find that he is very mysterious. I like this quote from Oswald Chambers The Spirit is the first power we practically experience as Christians, but the last power we come to understand. Who wants a God that can understand anyway? Amen? 
(laughs) I need a God that thinks bigger than me. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is mysterious. That's why the Bible describes him in different metaphors. You know, some verses in the Bible will speak of the Holy Spirit as a dove. It's that peaceful sense of God that rests on people and circumstances. Other parts of the Bible will speak of the Holy Spirit as a wind. You know, something you can't necessarily see, but you can see its effects, right? The Holy Spirit's described as a fire, something that purifies and has power. The Holy Spirit's described as oil. You know, oftentimes oil was used in the time of the writing of the Bible for healing. The Holy Spirit's described as oil. The Holy Spirit's described as rain, the refreshment that comes on the earth. The Holy Spirit's described as wine. There's an intoxicating power when we fill the Holy Spirit filling our lives. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. One other thing I just want to point out. His name is the Holy Spirit. So he desires to make us holy. The Holy Spirit desires to make us holy. You know, this is, sometimes this can be an unpopular teaching, but the Holy Spirit actually will convict us of sin in our lives. His desire is to make us holy like Jesus. John 16, verse 8, Jesus, speaking of the Holy Spirit, says this, and I think we have this one, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would convict. So uh, oftentimes in our lives when we're going a certain direction and God begins to work in our lives and says, hey, that's not what I have for you. That's not my best for you. That's the Holy Spirit at work. He's convicting us. He's making us like Jesus. And ultimately, the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus You know, no one can come into the kingdom. No one can meet Jesus personally and receive this wonderful free gift of salvation without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us, that renews us, that comes into our life. When we start talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, I know there's some that that might worry, hey, I I just want to focus on the basic things in the Bible, like like just the life of Jesus and maybe forgiveness of sins and just a few things. But let, let me tell you something. When we really have the Holy Spirit working in our church, in our lives, not a cheap imitation, people are going to be meeting Jesus. Amen? That's one of the main things the Holy Spirit is doing. I mean, think about it. You may be familiar with the story in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the early church. 3,000 people met Jesus that day. Why should we be expecting anything else in our lives when, when we're experiencing the Holy Spirit? I loved this story from World Mandate West last weekend. There was a man who had just joined our sister church in the Arizona area, and he got on the bus and said, hey, I'm going to come to World Mandate, his second week at church, so that, good, great. <laughs> there he was, and at the end of one of the sessions, he responded at, at the kind of the altar call time where we pray for people at the end of a message, and he came to the front, and my friend Bill was on the ministry, ministry team, and he came to Bill and said, man, God's just really touching my life. I'm a doctor. I want to use my gifts to help people overseas. I want to go to places where people don't have medical care. I want them to know the love of God. So Bill, my friend, starts talking to this man that's responded to the message, and as he's talking, my friend Bill has this thought, I don't think this guy knows Jesus. (laughs) And so right there at the altar area, the front area of World Mandate West, Bill leads the guy to Jesus. And he accepts Jesus' free gift of salvation, and he comes to Christ. That was at a missions conference. I thought that was awesome. The Holy Spirit was at work. Jesus himself modeled a life for us that was reliant upon the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus himself modeled a life for us that was reliant upon the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came to the earth, of course, Jesus was God. He was fully God. But Philippians 2 talks about how he took on our humanity and our weakness. And so he modeled for us a life that was led and reliant upon the Holy Spirit. So so today, I want to speak to you from the subject, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? I think we have some ushers with Bibles if you need one. Have they already been through the aisle? I kind of don't see any. Bless you, ushers, wherever you are. We love the Bible. If you need one, there's some in the back. Let's turn to Luke chapter 3 as we look at this passage concerning Jesus and the Holy Spirit together. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I'll let you get out your phone or Bible real quick. Luke chapter 3, just want to read um, some of the beginning passages here for context. Verse 1, it says, it was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius. And then it goes on to uh, describe some historical things. And at this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. So John the Baptist is living in the wilderness. He's a prophet. My uh, four-year-old loves to talk about John the Baptist because he ate bugs, okay? So John the Baptist, he ate bugs, he ate honey, he had a really cool, like, bearskin coat or something that he had made himself out in the wilderness. So there was John the Baptist. John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God and be forgiven. So here's the scene. This is before Jesus' ministry begins in Israel. John the Baptist is there, and his job is to prepare the way for Jesus. And so he's preaching, telling people that God is coming, the kingdom of God is coming, and people are turning their hearts toward God, and they're getting baptized at this little revival meeting outside of town. So now we'll see how Jesus enters the scene here in verse 15 of Luke chapter 3. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So here's John, this prophet in the wilderness, leading this little revival meeting, and people's lives are getting changed. And so they're coming to him, and they're saying, are you the Messiah? Are you the the one who is going to be sent to Israel to forgive our sins? And John looks at him and says, no, God's doing something great. But there's one that's coming that I'm not even worthy of ministering to. And he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So here's my first point about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to come through Jesus. The Holy Spirit was promised to come through Jesus. You might know this. The Bible's made up of two parts, right? We have the Old Testament and the... Thank you. That blesses me. Okay. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay. The Old Testament was written thousands of years before Jesus. But what you might not know is in the Old Testament, there are many promises. There are many prophecies concerning the coming of Jesus and concerning his ministry and what he would do. And there's several prophecies about the Holy Spirit. Here's one. Here's one. Ezekiel chapter 36. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God's saying this to the people of Israel, I will put my spirit in you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, 
Another famous one, we, we oftentimes read at this church because the New Testament parallel to this passage is our theme verse, Isaiah 61, verse 1. says this, speaking of the Messiah, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Isaiah chapter 11 speaks of the qualities of the Holy Spirit, that he would have wisdom and counsel and power and knowledge and the fear of the Lord and his delight would be in the fear of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was promised to come through Jesus. You know, this is what I've seen in my life, that whenever I've focused on Jesus, the Holy Spirit's done something great. Whether it's been my life or the, the life of others, just a, a little example, and it might seem sensational to you, but there's been many times in the course of this church where we've, we've done different outreaches, where we've gone on the streets to pray for people and tell them about Jesus. Or in my own life, I've just been out in society offering to pray for others and tell them about the love of God. And I can count many times where as I've been telling someone about the message of Jesus, that he died on the cross for their sins, that he descended to the dead, that he came back and rose again, from the dead, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father, and that Jesus is the way we can have salvation if we accept the free gift of the sacrifice he made on the cross. As I've been describing that to someone, there's been many times where that person has looked at me, and they've kind of gotten a funny look in their eyes, <laughs> and they've kind of turned a different color, and they've said, why is my body shaking right now? That's the Holy Spirit being released and transforming someone's heart and life as we're preaching them the message of Jesus. The Holy Spirit was promised to come through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes in our life as we focus on Jesus today. Amen? Yeah. The Holy Spirit and Jesus. The Holy Spirit was promised to come through Jesus. Let's keep reading this Luke passage. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. As he was praying, it says, the heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came as Jesus prayed. This is my next point regarding the Holy Spirit and Jesus. The Holy Spirit came as Jesus prayed. It says in verse 21, as he was praying, the heavens opened opened. I just want to ask you and maybe invite you into a season, are you praying for the Holy Spirit to work in your life? That would be a great action point from this message. There's been seasons in my life where I was actually just ripe with anxiety. And I, you know, I remember we were buying our first home. I was just a total wreck. And in that season, I put a timer on my alarm. This is how desperate I was. I put a timer on my alarm that every 15 minutes, a buzzer would go off. So I would pray and invite the Holy Spirit into my life. I can tell you that really changed me, but I had to really press in and invite the Holy Spirit in a new way. Now, where might you be able to invite the Holy Spirit in your life? You know, I, I remember in college, God was just getting a hold of my life. Um, I, was, I was a senior in high school when, when God just kind of swept me up in his story. I was, I was at a friend's house at a party. I was uh, doing drugs, and I went into the bathroom, and just a presence filled the bathroom. And I heard a voice, and God spoke to my heart, just in my heart, and said, Kendall, this isn't the life I have for you. It's a supernatural moment in my life where I said yes to Jesus. And once I'd gotten a taste of the presence of God, once I'd gotten a taste of Jesus, that's just what I wanted. I was still very broken and dysfunctional, but I knew I had found something real. 
And so in college, I, I visited different churches, and I started going to an evening college service. Any Awaken West students here in the house? Yeah, it was a lot like our, that was a good response. I like that. All right. It was a lot like our Awaken West service. And I remember a guy came at this service, and he spoke on fasting. We just completed a fast here at this church. And he spoke on fasting, saying, hey, if there's times in life where we set aside food, we set aside distraction, and we set aside those things in order to pray for God to do fresh things in our life. And I thought, awesome. Well, I'll, I'll do anything once, so that's great. I'll fast. And so, you know, he talked about a three-day fast, and I don't think I'd ever missed a meal before, but I said, sure, a three-day fast. That sounds great. So that was a Sunday night. Monday morning, I woke up, and you know what? I already had a headache. <laughs> Fasting bummer, right? And so I proceeded throughout the course of my day probably to not drink any water at all. And by the end of the day, I had a headache that was so bad that I thought, oh, I know what fixes headaches, ibuprofen, right? So on an empty stomach, I kind of, yeah, just overdid it on the ibuprofen. And I was sick in my dorm room. I'm sure people thought I'd been out partying or something. I mean, I was just like, I was, I was not doing well, throwing up. The next morning, a day and a half into my three-day fast, I thought, okay, God, I've kind of given you a shot, so I'm going to go eat now. <laughs> I slept through my classes. Awesome. And, uh, you know, Robert hadn't discipled me yet, so I didn't know how to pray. Um, but but um, I did have some experience with meditation. So I thought, well, God, before, before we kind of end this fast a day and a half early, I'm going to give you one shot. I'm going to give you one chance to speak to me. And um, I had no Christian worship music. I, I did have Napster, though. So I quickly downloaded that song, I'm Desperate for You. And I, w- I was pretty desperate in that moment. Um, it was a desperate moment. And uh, so I turned off all the lights in my room because that's what I did when I meditated. And I sat on the floor like this. Ouch. Okay. So I said, okay, God, you said you'd give me the Holy Spirit. God, I just pray right now. Before I eat, <laughs> you know, speak to me or something. I don't know what I said. And, you know, I just kind of felt something shift in the room. And, you know, over here in the room, there's just my room, okay? Over here is my roommate Luke's side of the room. There's nothing going on over there. And in front of me, it was like this light was filling the room. And I thought, I think I'm having a vision. <laughs> and, and kind of on this light, I was seeing with my eyes this house appeared. And God spoke to my heart. He said, your life is like this house. And then I became concerned as the house caught on fire and began to burn down. (laughs) It burned all the way down. (laughs) And there was a concrete foundation and a pile of dust. And, And I watched as a wind came and began to build something new out of the ashes. You know, I had no idea that this is a very similar story like that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, talking about God testing our lives with fire. You see the fire representing the Holy Spirit. You see the wind representing the Holy Spirit. It was, a, it was a promise from God, just as the Holy Spirit was promised to come through Jesus. As I prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to do something in my life, I had a vision. This experience where God was inviting me into something new. He was saying, hey, if you submit, my life to, if you submit your life to me, yeah, some things are going to go. Some things are going to go, but I promise I'm going to build something new. I'll tell you what he did. <laughs> Man, if God did anything in college, that's what he did in my life. I-, I loved hearing some stories from World Mandate West this weekend because we had some college students in our church having similar experiences. Of They've been in seasons of crying out 
for more of the Holy Spirit, more of God's presence and power in their lives. And just at that very event, God filling them and touching them in unique and powerful ways. The Bible says this in Luke 11, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Amen? So if you don't know how to ask, let me give you a real easy example. We titled this series, Come Holy Spirit. (laughs) So if you don't know how to pray for the Holy Spirit, you can just say, come Holy Spirit. Come into my life. Fill me with the love of Jesus. Fill me with the love of the Father. I invite you. Put it on notepads. Put it on your timer. Put it on your windshield. Make sure you can see the road. But just invite the Holy Spirit into your life. The Holy Spirit came as Jesus prayed. And I just believe this is going to be a season in our church where different people that have been crying out for more of the Holy Spirit in their life are going to see a breakthrough in Jesus' name. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought the presence of the Father. The Holy Spirit brought the presence of the Father. This continuing in Luke 3, it says, As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. Pretty good life group to be at. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. I think that's amazing. There's so many amazing things about this story. You know, one example, uh, one, one amazing thing, if, if you're more someone that likes to study doctrine and biblical teaching, you, we see in this story the Trinity. We see God the Father speaking from heaven. We see Jesus responding to the Father. We see the Holy Spirit falling upon Jesus. So I think that's pretty cool. But I think one interesting thing about this scripture as well, I've, I've often meditated on it. Before Jesus did anything, before he began his ministry, this is what the Father was saying over him. You are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. Yeah, I, my, we're, we're pregnant with our third child. My, well, my wife's more pregnant than I am. But uh, anyway, so, but one of the things I've loved during pregnancy is just being able to speak hope and life and destiny over our children as they were being made in the womb by God. It's such a privilege. It's such an honor. And I just want you to know that God is doing that over you. Just like in Genesis 1, it's the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit is hovering over your life, just waiting to bring you the pleasure of the Father, the presence of the Father. One, one man from church history, his testimony has always stuck with me. You might recognize the name Moody Bible Institute in the Midwest. His name was D.L. Moody. And he had a season of his life where he was crying out for the Holy Spirit. And I loved what he recorded in his journal. He said this, there was a day that God met me, and it was like liquid love was flowing over me from head to toe. That's the presence of the Father. The pleasure of God, just knowing that you are loved and accepted by God, I find that's oftentimes the first thing that the Holy Spirit is doing with people. Maybe you've had an experience like that where you felt accepted and loved and healed by the healing love of God through the Holy Spirit. If you haven't, let me just tell you, that is just so our desire for you as leaders at this church, is that you would know that you were unconditionally loved by God and that the Holy Spirit would pour himself out on you in a fresh way. Holy Spirit brought the presence of the Father. Holy Spirit came as Jesus prayed. He was promised to come through Jesus. Here's, here's kind of my final point. The Holy Spirit gave Jesus supernatural power. The Holy Spirit gave Jesus supernatural power. You know, it's amazing, this story in Luke chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus. If you could flip in your Bible or 
whatever we call this on our phones, to Luke chapter 4. Um, this is a very interesting thing. Right after the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes upon him in a new way. And, of course, Jesus in his divinity did not need the Holy Spirit, but he submitted himself to baptism to demonstrate to us what we needed to do to come to God. Luke chapter 4 says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. That is not a very good camping trip. He had nothing to eat, and the devil joined him. (laughs) Bummer. I've been on some rough camping trips, but that really takes the cake. Well, there was no cake. Anyway... The Holy Spirit gave Jesus supernatural power. You know, oftentimes when we talk about the power of God, we, we, might, we might think of a miracle or we might think of, um, you know, some sensational story of someone's life being changed or being set free from an addiction or something like that. But here, this, this is very interesting. The first example we see here of the power of God is God, is Jesus and the Holy Spirit having this power to overcome temptation, to overcome temptation. And this is just something I was so feeling in my heart today for, for our church. That, did you know that God has a power to let you overcome temptation in your life? In Jesus' name. You know, uh, just, just in the area of, of sexual temptation and sexual immorality, just in my own life and the lives of many men that I've walked with, you know, I've, just, I've seen people try everything, books and programs and different accountability softwares and different things. All those things are helpful. But ultimately, this is what I've seen change people's lives. Setting aside a time to pray and fast until God brought a breakthrough over that temptation. It's really that hard and it's really that easy <laughs> because we're just saying, Holy Spirit, hit me with your best shot. I can't fight this spiritual battle on my own. I need power from you. Amen? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, that's what the Bible teaches is that we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah, the Holy Spirit has power in our lives to overcome temptation. I remember one girl my wife and I were investing in, and she was addicted to smoking. And, you know, so there were different conversations about that in regards to health or regards to maybe what God's plan was for her life. And she was very addicted to, to nicotine cigarettes. And, and as we prayed for her, she, we said, do you want to be free from this? And she said, yeah, I do. I don't, I don't want to, you know, be a compulsive smoker. And so we said, great, well, let's pray. And what we did, we did something interesting. We asked God what to do. And so as we prayed, we asked God, God, how, how, should, how should we respond? How do you want to partner with this young lady to see her free? And as we prayed, God brought to mind to this young lady, her aunt, and her aunt was in a time of crisis and said, every time you're tempted to, to smoke, I want you to pray for her aunt and call out the power of God in her life. She was free in three days. So God has a strategy, but we have to partner with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power. Luke 4.14, another example of the Holy Spirit's power. After this kind of bummer of a camping trip, angels did show up, by the way, and give Jesus food. So I guess it ended good. But in Luke 4.14, it says this, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. How was he filled with the Holy Spirit's power? He was healing people and partnering with the Holy Spirit to transform their lives. You know, this is just the thing we just love to see. When God moves through a life and transforms the life of another, 
the power of the Holy Spirit. We really saw it at World Mandate West this last weekend. I don't know if you had a chance to be there on Saturday morning when we were praying for healing. Just wave if you were able to experience that. So I know, yeah, so that's, that's, that's not all of us. So just, just to give you a framework, there was a time on Saturday morning at our event where we, we called people to the front and we said, hey, um, we, we, we believe that God wants to heal people. And of course, we don't know why God doesn't always heal, but we believe God's calling us to press in for that at this particular moment. And so we called out different ailments and issues that we felt that God was putting on our hearts. And it was amazing to hear the testimonies the day after. There was one person with a septum that uh, uh, Pastor John Lowe uh, in Pasadena, who has an honorary doctorate and, you know, has been in ministry for years, so he's got nothing to prove, uh, was praying for, and he says he saw the septum move as he was praying for the person, as God did a miracle. There was another person with a microbiral, I don't even know how to say it, illness in their stomach that God was doing something and healing them. An Achilles eel, a neck, the power of the Holy Spirit was being demonstrated for healing. But it's not just for the church. It's not just for a church service. You know, I, a number of years ago, I had a great privilege to um, partner with, with some people that were starting a Christian business. And so their desire was to start some stores that could employ people and where they could have integrity in their business practices. And I could also bless people and pray for them. So at these particular stores, we would pray three times a week. We had prayer meetings where we just invite the presence of God into the store and, you know, pray for customers. And um, about a year after I left that business, I was amazed to hear the testimony that 42 people had come to Jesus through that business that year. It's the power of the Holy Spirit transforming, transforming lives. I I told you about this time in my life where I was um, kind of overcome with anxiety, so I had to set a timer to remind myself to pray. Might be a good action point for someone after the sermon. But anyway, so that's what I was doing. And one night I was out walking my dog, minding my own business. And uh, this is when we lived over in Kensington, a downtown neighborhood over here. And uh, as I was walking my dog, this guy just speeded in front of me down the street. And his car was making all kinds of interesting noises. And then it kind of backfired, made a big noise. And he just got out and just started kicking his car. I mean, he was going crazy, okay? So he was kicking his car, slamming the hood, calling his car all kinds of names. I don't even think you should be calling a car. And, you know, he was just kind of letting it have it. And so I, I hit my alarm, little timer went off. So, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? So I made it around the block and thought I'd let him cool down for a minute. And then I came back and he was still there sitting on his hood, you know, mad as anything and I just came up to him and said, hey, can I help you? And he said, yeah, I need to start my car, but I need to push it to this spot so that, anyway, so we pushed the car, and as we're pushing the car, um, he's really complaining about some pain, some kind of sciatic nerve issue, and so we're talking as we're pushing the car up, and we get the car going, and it gets in the car. He's about to start it and drive off, and I said, well, hey, I can see you're in a lot of pain. He was hunched over, making all kinds of expressions that let me know he was in pain. I can see that you're in a lot of pain. I'd love just to pray for you and bless you. Sounds like you're having a hard day. <laughs> you know, I think you could use some prayer. And he said, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I had my dog in one hand, and I leaned, <laughs> I, I leaned through the window of the car in my other hand, put my hand on his shoulder, and just prayed for him that he'd be healed in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, he just went, wow, it's better. Thanks so much. And then he just drove off. I mean, I mean he probably thought it was an angel or something, right? I don't even know. Angel with the dog. Anyway, these are the kind of things that happen when we're partnering and abiding in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they feel amazing. Sometimes it's just normal and a regular part of life. But when we abide in the Holy Spirit, God does 
amazing things. Then Jesus returned to the Galilee, returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. You know, I find it interesting how Jesus' influence and the power of the Holy Spirit even grew. It says in Luke 4.42 that crowds were running to him to be healed. And then in Luke 5, it says vast crowds. Then at Luke 6, they almost push him off a mountain (laughs) because so many people are trying to touch him for healing. And then I love what it says in Luke chapter 6. He healed them all. That's the life that Jesus demonstrated to us, partnering in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to come through Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes as we pray, and we invite him. You know, if it's, it's one thing to, to say to maybe a friend and say, hey, I'd love to get lunch with you sometime, and it just kind of never goes anywhere. It's another thing when you're with that person and you pull out your calendar and say, how can we make this happen? As a, there, we have to make space in our life to invite the Holy Spirit. So praying and inviting and singing is a good place to start. But I just encourage you in this season, could you make some space in your life to invite the Holy Spirit? I, I loved hearing about some of our college students Saturday night just making space in their lives with the Holy Spirit, coming together, praying over the Syrian refugee crisis. You know, it's things like this. When we set aside time that the Holy Spirit begins to move in our life in spectacular ways. The Holy Spirit came as Jesus prayed. The Holy Spirit brought that healing, that loving presence of the Father that even Jesus wanted to hear. And the Holy Spirit brings us supernatural power. So as we, as we move into this series, Come Holy Spirit, these are all things that we're believing for. We're believing for the presence of God to come and heal hearts and transform us. We're believing for supernatural power. You know, we'll be praying for healing. We'll be praying for breakthrough in different lives, different issues. We just love to see that. And we're praying for you that you would have a fresh season of the Holy Spirit in your life. Would you just bow your heads with me, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit how to respond to this message. The band's going to come out. You know, just as we respond, I just have the sense that God wants us to start this series, Come Holy Spirit, and just how Jesus began his ministry at this baptism, where it says a voice came from heaven, the heavens were opened, and the voice of God was heard saying, you are my dearly beloved, in you I am well pleased. Just as the band gets going, I just have this sense in my heart that there's just some people that need to hear that today, and maybe you've heard it a hundred times, but you need to hear it today. Maybe you've never heard it before that you are God's dearly beloved, that he loves you unconditionally, that he accepts you just the way you are, that he desires to pour his healing love on your life. If that's you, if you'd want to just begin this season of us reflecting upon the Holy Spirit as a church, just saying, God, will you fill me with your love? Will you fill my heart with your love? Will you fill my body with your pleasure? I just want to ask you to do something bold. Would you just stand up? I just want to pray for you. quietly just as they pray to God and 
invite the Holy Spirit to do a fresh work in their life. baptism. It says, as he prayed, the heavens were opened, and a voice came from heaven and said, you are my dearly beloved. You give me great joy. With you, I am well pleased. We just speak this over these different ones, your sons and your daughters. God, first of all, it says, as they prayed, the heavens were opened. God, we pray for an open heaven over their lives. God, I pray that this would be a season where they experience the presence of God more than they ever have before. God, we give you permission to interrupt their lives, God, just to invade their daily routines, God, with your spirit, with your love, with your presence, with your passion. God, it says a voice came. Lord, I pray for these different ones, anything in their life that would keep them from hearing the voice of the Father in this season, we just throw it away right now in the name of Jesus. God, we put it before your throne. We pray that you'd burn it up. God, any distraction, anything that would keep us from hearing your voice. And God, we pray for these ones right now that they would feel your spirit that they would feel your presence and that they would know right now that at Psalm 16, it says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God, and that you are pleased with them. You love them. You accept them unconditionally. We speak blessing and hope over them in this circumstance. Any despair they carried in today, we put it aside and we pray, put a garment of praise on them right now. God, let them begin to feel your pressure. Just eat deep in their hearts, God. Let begin to let it burst out. In their minds, God, I pray you just fill their minds with thoughts from you. And even in their body, just an experience of your presence. Just as we worship in Jesus' name. Everyone can stand now. Thanks for responding. We're believing with you. Prayer team, you can come down to the front. We're just going to worship for a few minutes and respond. If something in the message stirred you, maybe something about overcoming temptation, maybe a need for physical healing or the power of God, I just want to encourage you to come forward. We're going to be praying for people every service here. Just lead us for a few minutes, guys. church. Let's really sing that. I just want to invite people to come down to the front. 
You may not even need prayer, but you just want to say, hey, Holy Spirit, hit me with your best shot. I'm just inviting you for this to be a season that you transform my life. Let's sing that together boldly as we close. Come, Holy Spirit.